Welcome to Take Note. This is our podcast about carrying a notebook around in your pocket, writing things down as you see them or as you think them, making sure you capture them for posterity. I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello, Ted. You see them or you think them, and then you ca- see them, think them, capture them. What are we missing? Hear them. Sometimes you hear them. Podcast. Hear them. Podcast. Some of the good ones. Hear them. Capture them. Podcast them. Podcast them. Final step, which is what we're here to do. Can we change so capture them to note them? Hear them. Note them. Podcast them. Totem and note them. Yep. Maybe hear that should be our, hear our notebook motto. Note them. Pot them. Is this too much? Have I? Should I stop? You got him. Okay. You got, you oh, got him. Hear him, note him, pot him, got him. Mm, hear him, got him, <laughs> pot him, not. Mm. I could well, work 20 we do, minutes on this. <laughs> we do ask each other a question at the beginning of every episode. Say, what do you got? Which means, what have you What have you gotted and nodded and totted and potted? Uh, Adam, what do you got? All right. I read a great book called The Sympathizer. Um, and... There, it's just filled with great quotes um, from the characters, but also just... I read the author, whose name I'm forgetting, actually. He was interviewed in the New York Times by the book column. Uh, that's when um, there's a really nice picture of the author, like a nice drawing, painting of the author, and then they ask him, like, what books do you never read, and that sort of thing. Anyway, he made this bold statement that I do not have in front of me right now because I didn't plan on quoting it, in which he said that he gives up on a book if there's a sentence that bores him or something. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was a bold claim. And then he said he, he set out to write a book in which there were no sentences that would make anyone just give up on the book. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow. we'll see about this. And I've got to say, the sympathizer, like on a sentence for sentence level, I like the book, but on a sentence for sentence level, very impressive. Anyway, I ha- I've That's captured awesome. many sentences from that book in my. Uh, His, yep. Good. His name is Viet Don Win. Thank Viet you. Don Win. Yes. I uh, I saw him uh, before you get into your quotes. I saw him give a talk uh, at Rice University, and he is fantastic and he's a wonderful public intellectual but carry on when what did he talk about uh i can't remember the topic specifically but his parents are refugees and that uh that has informed his worldview immensely uh and they immigrated in very difficult circumstances to the united states and so he has a just a, a really interesting and fantastic view of what it means to be an immigrant, what it means to be an American. Highly recommend like any interview he gives, any talk, and he's just he's fantastic, charismatic, and and I would times. strongly recommend his first novel, The Sympathizer, which I think won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, and it's a spy novel, is a very smart spy novel, uh, and it's filled with amazing quotes. And I've got a bunch of them in my notebook, but this one, this one really hit home for me. Your problem isn't that you think too much. Your problem is letting everyone know what you're thinking. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel seen. What do you got, Ted? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's see, I wrote this down in my Papier Teague notebook, which I've finally moved on from into my Midori Traveler's notebook, which I'm having fun with. Anyway. I've never uh, asked you this before, but Papier Tigre, that means potato tiger, right? Yep. 
Potato. Tuber tiger. I love the idea of having a standing award that you can have at the ready in case someone nearby does something fantastic or a celebrity <laughs> visits. This came to light as I read the story of Erwin Kreuz, or Kreutz, a German tourist who guzzled a barrel of beer on his way to San Francisco and got off at Bangor, Maine by mistake. After some aimless wandering in what he thought was San Francisco, the locals realized what was going on and made a celebrity, a celebrity out of Herr Kreutz. Among the honors he received for bringing joy to everyone through this massive miscalculation was to be named an honorary member of the Penobscot Indian Nation and the Old Town Rotary Club. What a nice <laughs> thing to be able to confer upon an aimless but amiable wanderer. We should invent something like this for take note guests, both intentional and accidental. A standing take note award <laughs> that you can just give to somebody, snap a quick photo, publish it in the local newspaper. And uh, so I'm not saying we have to think of that right now. Let's do a little, let, let's, let's let it sink in. Um, I like creating I, a press I, release and trying to get it in a local paper. That's great. We're gonna we're gonna think of an award that, well, when something happens, we can just immediately confer it upon somebody or something. Animals, I think, should be should qualify. Creatures. When, when I'm able to host meetings again as part of my job, there are often people that wander in by mistake and sometimes wander in because they don't want to pay, and I would like um, awards or recognitions for both folks. That'd be great. People that have just wandered I, I, in can be uh, <laughs> temporary honorary members, and yeah. the people that sneak in, they can get something from me other than an invoice after the meeting, which I like <laughs> to do. Um, I'm envisioning a gold medal with a an illustration of a of a hobo pulling out two <laughs> empty insides of his pockets, when, pinched between his fingers. When I visited Florence uh, 21 years ago. There was a jazz club that was recommended, but you had to join at the door. You had to pay an annual membership one time at the door to get in. That's very uh, Salt Lake City, where I believe you have to uh, become a Mormon before you're allowed to uh, drink any uh, a beer. You know, in Salt Lake City, I've, at the Salt Lake City I Airport. I think I've got that exactly right. I'm sure. I'm sure, sure that sounds right. At the Salt Lake City Airport, they have the Cosmopolitan magazine, uh, like, the cover blocked like it's pornography i always that always amused me oh, what do you got adam all right this was uh written kindergarten pickups and this was written in well in response to the first bullet point was um me realizing that the only man willing to make conversation while standing outside the kindergarten to pick up your kid was the grandfather not actually a dad none of the fathers will none of the fathers talk so then i started uh, noting the um the kindergarten pickup dads dad in leprechaun hat you can you can mm-hmm. guess which day i did this um dad with early 2000s era headset this was a guy with like a bluetooth headset but it looked like an old school phone headset and i think he realized his mistake he realized that maybe he'd worn this outside because the next time i saw him he was dressed like to the nines. 
he was like he was gonna fix it and then i also wrote down here although this wasn't this was a few steps away from the kindergarten pickup but the same day man wearing a believe women winter hat that was an interesting hat choice the dads yep dads dads were out dads were out what do you got all right this is a long one so brace yourself on Monday, I had an hour until I had to pick up the kids at school, so I stole away to a nearby Goodwill store to thrift shop. I grabbed a few vintage t-shirts, Land's End and Ralph Lauren, both made in the USA, if anybody's keeping track, uh, and combed through the records. A few nice uh, possibilities, but an unremarkable haul. Grabbed a few. As I walked uh, toward the cashier, a Goodwill employee saw my armful and uh and said uh, did you see these and he pointed at the bin he was pushing out on a cart no i hadn't seen them he was just now bringing them out i peered in and a bob dylan album peered back out at me now this is goodwill not the uh the amoeba store in downtown berkeley california well-known records that pass for desirable are few and far between you might see a dylan record every 20th visit if that. This was one of four Dylan albums I saw as I began to flip through. Accompanying Dylan were Miles Davis, Sonny Rollins, Professor Longhair, John Coltrane, Charles Mingus, the band, Cat Stevens, Van Morrison, all of this in the bin that was still on top of the cart that he was pushing out. Uh, I started grabbing records out of the guy's cart by the handful. I apologized quickly that's all right i'll go find something else to do he said quite generously Uh, i leafed through one after another heart racing options flipping through my mind Uh, records at goodwill come out to about three bucks a pop not nothing but just enough to make you think Uh, that said this was a discerning person's collection this was a novel event for a wannabe thrifter like myself My watch told me I had about two minutes until I had to be on the road to pick up the kids. My gut told me this was my shot. (laughs) The pickers would be through, and these records would be gone. The mother loads somebody else's bounty. I took the plunge and bought 25 of them. We listened to Tupelo Honey on the Wi-Fi that evening, and it sounded so good. My wife reminisced about an old chef boyfriend of hers who cooked her meals while he played the album. Mm. That son of a bitch. That album's ruined. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, I knew that his other half... I knew that the... (laughs) I knew that the other half of this collection was just sitting there in that Goodwill store, tucked among the Greek folk music... The Jim Neighbors sings the standards. The Leonard Bernstein does the Flintstones. All of that greatness just out of my reach, probably even gone by now. I hadn't even bought the Professor Longhair album. No, that was my question. The last Mardi Gras with the Milt Glazer illustration on the cover. I was under a time crunch. It was very stressful. Uh, I woke the next morning with a conviction. I searched Goodwill opening time 9 a.m. I would be there when the doors opened and chased down the other half of my thrifting quarry. I'm going back, I told Caroline, my wife. Uh, It's already feeling cramped in the office. Are you going to sell them or something? 
I'll figure it out. I thought for a minute, regained a bit of my reason. Oh, never mind, I said. I'm not going to go. What? She said. Okay, I'll go, I said. And I did. The hunt was afoot on that sunny morning. I goosed the gas pedal to get off the block quicker when the light turned at every light, envisioning hordes of record collectors fanning across the city with the express purpose of beating amateurs <laughs> like me to the punch in order to rake in that sweet, sweet Professor Longhair cash. I didn't even really know what the scene would be like at a Goodwill at opening time. Again, I imagined the employees from Cactus Records, from Sig's Lagoon over in Katy, and from Vinyl Records jockeying for position to squeeze through the doors, veer hard left and dogpile onto the records section, which at this Goodwill occupies two shelves at floor level just below the VHS tapes, if you're interested. I arrived at the parking lot was dead empty but for a few arriving employees i swung around to park among among the many available spots and as i did a subaru outback appeared directly in front of me as if out of nowhere and we parked in absolute synchronicity (laughs) at the exact same time ended up dead facing each other looking straight into each other's windshields no this couldn't be i thought He was a middle-aged white dude in a leather cap with curly hair coming out from underneath. It was 8.55 a.m. on a weekday in a Goodwill parking lot, and I stared at my own face at the wheel of that Outback. There is no way, I thought, that that MFer is headed anywhere but straight for the vinyl. My vinyl. But I played it cool. I refrained from checking my watch. I read the Oliver Sacks book that I'd brought with me. Damn it, man, could you be more of a stereotype right now? I thought to myself. I threw the book down and glanced at the Goodwill doors for signs of welcome. Nothing. I checked my watch. I texted Caroline the play-by-play. Which of us will make the first move, I said to her. And which one of us will be the first to get out and go stand by the door? You should stand by the door, she texted back to me. Good idea, I texted to her, and so I did. I got to the front and saw an employee go in and realized that the doors were actually unlocked. Uh, And when the doors are are unlocked, we all recognize that as the international symbol for we're open. (laughs) So I took a fool's chance and I strolled right in. I stood there testing the vibe of the completely empty store. Not even employee in sight. Heard a voice come from behind some counter. We're closed, sir. Right, right. Sorry. Okay, sorry. I beat a quick retreat uh, to outside the doors where I stood cavalierly in the hot spring sunshine doing a crossword puzzle on the New York Times crossword app. I was chastened. I no longer knew the protocol. How would I know when they were open? Would a kindly staff member pop their head out to make it official? Would I have to make another awkward run at it, only to be chastened again and banned for life from one of the few activities I do by myself in peace and quiet anymore? <laughs> and so I stood. A car door opened and closed somewhere behind me. I was still playing it cool. I didn't look. But Subaru Outback strode right past me, swung the door open as coolly as Marlon Brando entering a Russian bathhouse, and he strode 
right in. I looked at my phone. It was 9 o'clock on the dot. This guy was good. <laughs> but I didn't blink. I caught his exhaust, and I was in there before the door could close behind the both of us. All of my sensors on high alert, but now he had the upper hand. Surely I couldn't run. That must violate some complex code of ethics among record hunters. We may be hard, callous men, but we have standards. Uh, he veered left. I trailed him. He could only cover one shelf at a time, I thought. I'd be right there next to him, and maybe I'd get lucky and find myself in front of the meat of the collection. I prepared to make my move. Adrenaline pumping, pupils dilating. It was almost time. Then, before I could do anything, Subaru Outback shot straight for the DVD section. The sucker! <laughs> the treasure trove was there, and it was all mine. From Davis to Dylan, Professor Longhaired, Coltrane. I took my time. I sat on the floor. I Google searched to see which ones were not actually that interesting. I was all set. As I checked out, a fellow shopper said, Hey, did you see that pile of records in the back on that table over there? There's some more great stuff back there. I had not, and there was. Wow. So did you get the Professor Longhair? We all want to know. I did. Great. I did. Beautiful record. I think it's a double record, live album, something like that. R it's amazing. R Robert Kirkscow gives it an A. I'd never heard of it. That's that's not streaming, buddy. It's not streaming? Oh, no, you can't get that one streaming. Wow. Yeah. I, this is why. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure I texted you after the first go round, and I, I all I received from you and uh, occasional co-host and number one fan of the show Ryan Sly were some very tepid jokes about other obscure pieces of music. I was feeling a little bit under uh, under supported, but now you you brought me back. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, something was happening while you were while you were texting me that. Uh, Fair. Yeah. That's fantastic. I was very jealous, and and, um, and what what was happening while I texted you? I come out, out with it. Uh, I was excited that you <clears throat> found a Staples Singer record. Um, I could tell that from the pile. I, I, mostly, I, I think I, I was uh, bitter because you had this situation where you went looking for records. You found these amazing records. It was great, and they were they were yours to take at a un, uh, unreasonably good price. A few years ago, on my birthday, I decided that I was going to go out myself to the, to the record store, uh, in the suburban record store, and just like give myself a little peaceful time to look at the records and buy myself a little something. And uh, and it was a, it's a very different situation where there was nothing that nothing that I really knew was good, and so I was just like, okay, I'll, this maybe this is interesting or this is interesting, whatever you know, um, and, and I. And I didn't. I couldn't find anything I want. I couldn't find any New Orleans uh, jazz music. And was this used records? This or, was used or records, new? yeah. And okay. um, but I made a pile and I took my time. And then I went up to pay for them. And um, the guy, the guy that ran the store, decided that I was uh, some sort of like jazz expert and knew what I was doing and had like sniffed out the great jazz records that were worth money. And he would not sell them to me suddenly. What? Yes. What? Uh-huh. Uh, oh. And I, and I had no idea. And I told him. I was like, buddy, I've got no idea what I'm doing. 
And uh, I, he's like, sure, he's just sure. looked interesting. Exactly. He was like, sure. He's like, no, no, no. And he was only going to sell me like half of them. And he's like, no, these haven't That's been priced really yet. Shady. But he had shown me them. Like he was like, oh, these over here, like, uh, I haven't figured these out or something, but you know, we can, he was not concerned at all until I showed interest. And so I That's stomped so out shady. really That's just so furious. Shady. Didn't buy anything. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. And I was just like, I wanted to be like, it's my birthday. I didn't, you know. Like this was supposed to be just a fun thing. I was I was so angry, but so I think that's mostly what I was thinking about when you were <laughs> texting me. There was like the exact opposite. There were all these amazing records. You knew it from the start, and you were allowed to buy them. You know, <laughs> the the lady actually said to me, "This is how allowed I was." She said, "What are you gonna do with all these records?" <laughs> Uh, I may, I may stay tuned for future missives. I, I may delve into a world I'm not familiar with, which is selling records to record stores. I'll let you know how that goes. Seems I like called you could over probably make today. some money on the Professor Longhair selling it to me, but. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> sending, sending inquiries to, uh, you can visit takenote.space and fill out an email form over there. <laughs> That's right. Um, People can bid me up. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh. I called one of my favorite record stores here in Houston and uh, and I said, oh, yeah, I got some records, uh, you know, I'm interested in selling. And he said, oh, how many you got? Oh, you know, 30 or something. He said, uh, all right, yeah, hold on, let me check. Let me see if uh, the guy's here. <laughs> I was like, the guy? <laughs> Don't you work at the same store? Isn't that a coworker of yours? I'm talking about the guy. What do you got to... <laughs> You got the wolf, Harvey Keitel, <laughs> swoops in in his Ferrari every two weeks and prices out this $43 worth of old vinyl. The guy. I haven't been over yet, though. You got to listen to all of them before you sell them, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Take them in in 11 months. Good time. So, you know, uh, it was as I, as I, said to my wife this is uh i've been going to goodwill stores for a, a long time i really off. enjoy it what it finally paid off well i don't even know if it paid off on a, on a on a financial i mean i always find a couple things but this was this was special this was something you think will happen and i'm not even saying i love all this jazz like it's not even my I'm no Adam Webb out here finding finding the real treasures in the, in the oh uh, right the bins. right no every every <laughs> record the guy saved me really because all of those records wouldn't have been any good. I'm just I'm not trying to put it out there like I'm I'm some jazz expert myself, but these were literally all records that I had heard of by famous, you know, uh, revolutionary jazz artists. So I just even if they don't turn out to be financially valuable they're just the kind of thing where you don't leave it behind when you see a whole a whole slew of them like this to say nothing of the dylan and the cat stevens and you just you never see that stuff right uh it was, dylan and, it and was the just, dead that's the one that's sometimes hanging around i think probably sure yeah yeah i mean you know it's not like there's a lack of dylan but if you you know in most cases you have to say okay i now would like to purchase a old bob dylan record i will go into the record store and pay you know 25 dollars for it and there's nothing wrong with that that's great but when you're you know a cheapskate thrift thrift store shopper i mean there's basically two tiers of record 
shopping for me. Goodwill, where you find decent stuff that's cheap, and or the record store, which I much, I very much enjoy going. But you, I, I really carefully pick out what I'm going to get, and I pay twenty five bucks for it, and then I really enjoy it. Um, but rarely do those two cross paths. It was fun, boy. It was fun. Filled How with, many hours uh, after you, your great Goodwill score? Did you before you started thinking about how much you were going to make reselling them? Not very long after I I set up a spreadsheet. I <laughs> I scoped everything out on eBay. Uh, completed sellings listings. Yeah, no, that was part of the fun. I what I'm curious about, as I said, is I, I really I expect any record store to just absolutely lowball the heck out of everything. So I'm kind of stealing myself for a hardline negotiation process i feel like you've got a novel in this it's been a real (laughs) it's you know some of us adam our lives just read like novels i don't know what it is about me i I don't know what it is i like the idea that now you're gonna go uh, to war with the record shops trying to uh underball you underball Mm -mm. On the uh, $3 record purchases. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, I truly had that thought. I was thinking to myself, okay, uh, of, of everything that's going on in the world right now, uh, record stores are on the list of allies, not enemies. <laughs> I'm not looking to like turn one of my favorite places into like a nemesis because they're, they're, they're cutting me out of like a $15 profit on this uh this amazing score. So it's it is it's all about keeping things in perspective. Right. Uh speaking of if keeping I'm... things in perspective, there's a new field notes edition that has <laughs> nothing to do with keeping things in perspective. Um yeah. Hold on, I'm and my battery might go dead, so okay. I'll I'll I'll, I'll think of a better like uh All right, go ahead. Mm, I didn't think of a better one. <laughs> <laughs> just go, just pivot. Literally watching my battery dwindle away here. Okay. Uh, speaking of getting underballed, which is not the <laughs> phrase I used before or the correct phrase, I think, uh, there's a new Underland edition of the Field Notes. You like that? Underballed, Underland pro that's i it took me a couple times but that's the that's what i came up with yeah uh so (laughs) last week this week uh some week field notes uh sent an email out uh, oh on saint patrick's day that uh, all orders would receive a special saint patrick's edition two pack that is a regular field notes wearing a very tall green hat and Mm -hmm. um they said that it was also good on their new edition, not a Colors Edition, which they don't call Colors Edition anymore, but not one of their quarterly limited editions. It's just a collaboration with author Robert McFarlane, uh, who wrote a book called Underland, which I think uh, many people in the notebook community are uh, suddenly realizing might be of interest to them, a nonfiction book about, I don't know, the world beneath our feet. And... Uh, the covers of these editions reject yeah i really i, I the, the rejected alternate title was a lot more catchy it was worms and more was <laughs> that was was it can't believe they didn't go with that one yeah. um the 
so the the cover of the book and the cover of these editions is by the artist uh, Stanley Donwood, who has done the Radiohead artwork for, I think, 25 years now. And it is a, I don't know, a very, it's a layered, multicolor image of uh, trees and roots. It's it's a beautiful cover of the book, and it makes for a beautiful cover of the edition. It's really striking and quite bold. And it's a lined edition, which I thought uh, you, of course, would be excited about. And I was excited about it because it feels like we haven't had a lined notebook from them in a while, other than that heavy-duty edition. Um, the, Love it. The lines inside are yellow. Uh, I don't think it's like when they had that bold color. I don't remember if it was yellow or orange for the uh, coastal edition. It, it works well. This yellow line works well. It's not too, you know, it's not annoying. Um, and it's a, I don't know, it's a really sharp edition. I, I've got a pet notebook in my hand, and I know you're thinking about buying them. What was your mm-hmm. reaction? I uh, I thought I thought they looked cool. I I you know I don't get super jazzed about new editions these days. I feel like I have enough field notes. I'm I'm not in acquire mode, and I think increasingly I kind of feel like, well, what am I gonna do with another really nice looking edition? I almost you know it's like I don't display them anywhere. So my you know my urge to respond to just as strictly aesthetically beautiful edition is pretty low. Now that said. Uh, this is a ruled book, which becomes very practical immediately. And I, 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 in looking at it, it's it really is cool looking. It's brightly colored. It's got a kind of intricate design. I almost I get that little twitch to like see what what cool stuff they've done in the printing process, which one suspects is probably a little more um, ornate than your typical. But uh, yeah, I, I'm almost convinced. I noticed it's a few bucks more than. I uh, yeah, I noticed that too after I purchased it. Yep. I got to see if I can move some of this Mingus and Coltrane before <laughs> I can make a, fi- a financial decision <laughs> like that. Um, but no, I, I I'm intrigued. I I didn't know about the book, and the book sounds fantastic. It sounds like uh, the kind of book I love to read. So, I I I mean, in a funny way, I appreciate that they're shedding light on a on a piece of writing that seems really fun too so yeah i guess i would just say uh, you know i i noticed the cost was up there too that it had gone right these editions used to be 9.95 recently 12.95 this one is 15.95 14.95 and the book looks great but i don't notice anything in particular about the printing of it it's a white cut co- they you know they printed it on white paper and uh they they cover the white paper with the image from the uh um from the book cover uh there's you know the, there's interesting practical practical applications that have to do with the book the book looks really good but this is not like a national parks where they used uh special color paper to match one of the images and did something like that um if there's an interesting printing trick that they did here they did not publicize it, and it isn't immediately obvious to me. Gotcha. Well, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, in that case, uh, I could see, you know, when I run out of books and I see that there's a pack of these sitting on the shelf at Dromgul's, uh, I would happily grab one. I doubt I'll make the effort to have one shipped. I, I mean, that's another funny thing. I, found my, I find myself less willing to buy stuff online uh, these days. 
which, you know, as a matter of fact, I had a uh, delightful experience in purchasing uh, semi-obscure stationary objects in person without having to order them recently uh, when, uh, not to name drop, but the dean of the School of Engineering at Rice University recommended uh, a new bookstore in the Houston area, which Adam, I believe you're familiar with, but it's uh, Kino Cunha bookstore not uh, the dean of engineering the very same wow i am familiar uh, we've got a kino Cunha here in a uh, little suburb of chicago where i live holy moly yep i made a made a special effort i even packed the kids in the car because uh, <laughs> i was on kid duty at the time but i said to myself i'm doing this and as soon as i walked uh into the door i laid eyes upon the uh, mechanical pencil and pen aisle and was absolutely smitten uh, to say nothing of all the cool, you know, uh, interesting little gift items and the manga for Miles, which I've never read any manga, but it seems like a cool thing. Japanese cool fashion thing. magazines. I didn't even make it into the back third of the store have some of that having to do with the you didn't kids buy being there. brutus magazine you didn't buy <laughs> popeye magazine you didn't buy the name of a third japanese mag fashion magazine <laughs> not, yet. not yet i didn't but uh they got a cool sort of studio ghibli like figurines and dvds section like i mean i spent let's be real most of my time on the pen aisle i didn't even have time to make it to the notebook aisle um but I grab, I'm sitting here looking at just the things that I picked up that caught my eye. I got myself a Pilot Juice Up clicky pen. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, 0 0.04, which is, you know, it's kind of a, uh, it's got the great little metal uh, tip screw-in piece that the, uh, the uh, DX pens use that I love and that the, the 151 that we enjoy has but it's a little clickier and a little thinner just a new kind of barrel i grabbed a uh a zebra sarasa clip in the vintage green color which you know we're all familiar with those of us who enjoy these things but i've never seen one in a store before if i have it's been quite some time yeah those vintage colors are cool i don't even know like, yeah they're, wonder, they're always nice i don't know how they came up with that it'd be interesting what the story behind that is right the colors are just nice. a little different right the ink colors yep. too the ink the... is what really has that kind of vintage feel, which yeah. I don't know how they do that, but it's a cool thing. I picked up a Uniball Air pen, which is in the ballpark. Of, I mean, it looks to me like kind of a... It looks a bit like a rollerball. It writes a bit like a felt tip. I can't even tell what it is, but it's a kind of in that Vision, Vision Elite uh, capped pen style. Um, and then I picked up a Uni Style Fit pen, which is a clicky pen, but it's very slender. It's like the Virginia Slims of, uh, <laughs> of Uni pens. And it just looks cool and it feels cool. And that was just, you know, what I could, uh, what I could grab with the kids running around picking their little things. But uh, I will certainly be back, um, you know, You've got your drum goals here in Houston for for fine pen needs, and they have a pretty good little disposable pen section too. 
but this Kokinia uh, Kino player. Yeah. Kino Kunia. I've only it's a player. been was... back to mine once this last year. There's a very limited capacity in our Kino Kunia. So the, our Kino Kunia is inside a Japanese grocery store called Mitsua. There's, that's a chain. There's a few of those. And at least, I think, in three Mitsuas around the country, there's Kino Kunias in three of them. Huh. Um, that, but, that explains why you asked me... Was it inside of a Japanese grocery store? That's right. Um, it was but, not. It was not, incidentally. So you can you got to line up to go inside the Kinokuniya, and there's a line. And there's also, you have to line up to get inside the Mitsuo, but there's often not a line. So, you know, I need to go to Pastry House Hippo Bakery inside the Mitsuo Marketplace to get some of that good bread. They got just amazing bread. I need to go there. It's, it's been on the list for a while. We haven't had their bread in a bit. And uh, maybe I need to... Uh, uh, when the kids are in school or something go get a little uh go get a little extra thick shokupan bread and uh <laughs> get in the line for uh for kinokuniya i haven't i haven't been there for a while we uh they certainly did a temperature check at the door which was a first well no i won't say it for it was a first for a retail store that i've been to yeah but we packed we packed them in there we do things different down here in texas adam Yep, but not at Kinokuniya. They uh, they're doing their they're doing their job. I'm sure. Yeah, they 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 seem like real followers here too. It was uh, it was refreshing, in fact. But and we not we were as snug. refreshing as my Shokupan Pastry House Hippo bread. <laughs> oh. On that note, let's do this again next week. What do you say, buddy? Sounds great. You can check us out on the internet at takenote.space. You'll find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash takenotepod. Until then, we'll see you at Kito Kunia. Kino Kunia. Uh, and Shokupan, uh, that was the right word. I just looked it up. Pretty excited that I didn't get that wrong. Nice. Good job. Yep. Bye now. <laughs>